feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. show first off you may have heard the news but uh crypto founder of ftx sam bankman freed has been found guilty on all charges related to the collapse of his now bankrupt cryptocurrency exchange in the first of what's going to be two criminal charges against the former ceo a new york grand jury in manhattan federal court New York jury, rather, agreed with prosecutors that Sam Bankman-Fried defrauded investors, customers, and also lenders in connection with the collapse of his crypto empire. Of course, the former FTX chief left the federal courthouse following a bail hearing. Um, and also, after all of this, there will be a lot of discussions as to what happens next. He faced seven charges, two counts of wire fraud, five conspiracy counts. So this is very interesting to see what happens next. Again, Sam Bankman-Fried found guilty on all charges and we will see what happens next. Uh, I'm wondering what took him so long. Boy, that guy was as transparent as could be. And clearly, he misrepresented so many things. The question is, will we find out some of the people who were the beneficiaries of Sam Bankman-Fried? Because he took the stand in his own defense, and he admitted making mistakes, but he insisted he did not defraud or steal from anyone. It was just an innocent mistake, so he says. But clearly, the jury did not agree. And we'll keep you posted on all of that. Also today in court, Eric Trump took the stand. And earlier in the day, also Donald Trump Jr. took the stand, finishing up his second day of testimony. On Monday, President Trump will testify. So Things are getting very interesting, and Ivanka Trump may end up testifying. This is in the civil fraud case. To me, this is so over the top and so obvious that they are completely, completely targeting the Trump family, trying to, like, go after the kids, go after, put a wedge between the father and the kids. To me, this is just, I think, so over the top and so unseemly. And, again, over what they say was a inflated value properties. And we'll talk about that as well. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, so many huge developments taking place in the Mideast. John Kirby today laid out what we've been kind of hearing a couple rumors of, that the Biden White House has been itching for a pause And not just one pause, but almost a repeated pause in the Middle East. And that they've been saying, well, maybe we should have a pause for humanitarian if there's a chance to get the hostages out. Maybe we could do another pause the next time something comes up. It could be like pause city. It could be like one pause after another. So what's the difference between that and a ceasefire? And does it sound like this president is wobbling? 
to me, boy, if I'm Israel, I would be a little bit worried tonight because this just feels uh, very, very weak. This president is sending mixed messages to basically go out there and telegraph and say that they want these renewed sort of pauses and that they want to maybe it might happen all the time. That's basically a ceasefire again. And that's the last thing I think that should happen when we're hearing that now Israel and the IDF forces are surrounding the city of Gaza. They are now right there in the urban city, surrounding it, encircling it. And as far as we understand, in the next few hours, they could be going in. And this is going to be the really brutal, difficult part of the war, where things are going to get very, very ugly. So the question is, does this signal that there is a crack? And I think there's been a crack already in the relationship, sadly, between U.S. and Israel from the very beginning with this president. Because every time they were asking him about, you know, anti-Semitism, he'd come back with Islamophobia. He'd come back and say, well, you know what? Islamophobia isn't a good thing. It isn't something that we think you know, anybody should be doing, they shouldn't be stigmatizing Muslims. And that's for sure. I agree. There absolutely should be zero tolerance for hate on any side. But then it was like this afterthought about anti-Semitism. And in fact, tonight, there is word that President Biden is setting up an a council for combating Islamophobia. I mean, how does that sound balanced at a time where there has been an enormous increase in the amount of anti-Semitic attacks across this country. Since last year, this time, there has been nearly a 400% increase. And yet the first thing out of the president's mouth is, let's make sure we combat Islamophobia and sets up a council to fight Islamophobia. Where's the council to fight anti-Semitism? Did he miss that one? And what kind of a message does it send when you have the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, saying out loud, visibly, and his team at the White House, saying, well, maybe a humanitarian pause in Gaza, even though you're right there at the gates, maybe it's a good time for a humanitarian pause. I would never trust a humanitarian pause with Hamas. I I understand you want to help the people there in Gaza as much as you can, the individuals, the citizens, the ones who hopefully don't support Hamas. But you know darn well Hamas is going to take everything. There are reports that Hamas is like just rife with fuel and food and water as the people of the Palestinian territory there are starving. So much for Hamas taking care of their own people. I just wish the good Palestinians would say enough. We don't want Hamas anymore and somehow bandy together and rise up. Boy, that would be a great day. And in fact, the fact that many of them have not spoken out, uh, I think, is kind of deafening, too. And that is frustrating, too, everybody. What do you think? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, here is Peter Ducey today talking with John Kirby. And he was speaking with him and saying to him, you know what, um, doesn't a ceasefire or even, quote, a humanitarian pause, whatever you want to start calling it, don't you think that it maybe helps Hamas so they can rearm? Any sort of pause allows them to somehow get weapons in, 
to add additional resources to their terror machine. And this comes as Hamas says their plans are to annihilate Israel and that October 7th was just the beginning. I mean, there is no sign of remorse or or redemption that belongs with these people. This is disgusting. But listen to this exchange today, which I think is very telling and very sad because it makes me think that this president is buckling and maybe there's some political pressure. Maybe uh, the Rashida Talibs and the Ilhan Omars and those are getting to this guy. Listen to John Kirby talking with the Fox News our White House correspondent, Peter Ducey. And as you push the Israelis for humanitarian pauses, are they just supposed to sit back and let Hamas attack them and attack them and attack them and not fight back? We have been crystal clear that Israel has the right to defend themselves. I mean, my so goodness. pause means they can still shoot back. My goodness, Peter. We're giving them security assistance almost every day. But do we advocate pauses by both sides here, temporary, localized, to be able to get Americans out, to be able to get aid in? You betcha we do. That doesn't mean that we're calling for a general ceasefire. There's a, hey, hang on a second, there's a difference. There's a big difference here. Um, and we understand that, as I said earlier, humanitarian pauses have to be negotiated and you have to have a, a credible basis for doing it in a temporary, localized way. I would also expect that we would get a lot of criticism from you and, and, and from your network and others if we just issued the whole idea of some sort of temporary pause so that people couldn't get out. I mean, we're doing exactly what you should be doing to try to look after these folks. So a pause does not help Hamas? A temporary pause that's localized, that would allow us to get aid in and to get our people out, is a good thing for the people of Gaza. It's a good thing for the Americans that are being held hostage. And it's not going to stop Israel from defending itself because the security assistance we're, we're providing continues to flow. And a temporary pause doesn't mean a general ceasefire where the war is over. It means pause only temporary for a specific purpose. That is a stunning turn of events. If you listen to that, it's like, oh, yeah, we're pushing for a pause he also said there may be a lot of pauses. It may be like, okay, let's do a pause now, and maybe we do another pause. How can you fight a war and eradicate terrorists that are intent on wiping away your country when you have the United States, which is supplying a lot of defense materials to you that you desperately need right now because you're getting incoming from all these different directions? And then you have the President of the United States publicly saying, that there should be a pause. That, to me, is, first of all, unconscionable. Can you imagine if somebody said, okay, you got bin Laden surrounded, you got him surrounded, you got him surrounded, and then somebody said, you know what, why don't you just do a pause? You know, uh, don't worry, uh, there's no way he's going to escape while uh, you guys back away for three or four days, or even three or four hours. Give me a break. And then let's do it again next week, and then let's do it again the next week. I mean, this is, to me, uh, just stunning, and it just shows how ignorant this president is, and it really concerns me for the state of Israel. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Al in Yonkers, line five. Al, your thoughts? Hey, Al. Al, where are you? Al, call us back. We can't hear you. Call us back. Let's go to Mark, line four. Mark. 
Yeah, good evening, Rita. Uh, I don't know if you saw in the news or not tonight, but I'm here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and we had these uh, Hamas supporters blocking off the main freeway in Durham, North Carolina, the adjoining city. And uh, that was during rush hour. And there's just uh, this vibe I get that they're setting us up, uh, especially with the comments of the FBI director, that these people are getting more and more bold with their attacks on Jewish people and, you know, these types of incidents. And I'm just afraid it's going to, uh, you know, reach a fever pitch and there'll be violence before all this is over. Yeah, I do, too, because some of the emotions are so uh, high and they're, some of the messages are just so hateful, like you described. Now, how many people were there um, in Raleigh? Okay. And I know that area well. I used to work in North Carolina. Okay, yeah, then you would know uh, then the Durham Freeway, which runs there into Durham. And uh, they probably had about 150 people there blocking the traffic. Uh, what's really shocking is the police. Uh, I think police these days, they, they just don't want to be you know, held responsible for, for you know, being too aggressive or heavy-handed. And the police stood by in the median there, and really uh, out of that part of Durham, there's really no other way out of there. So I think we're going to see more of these these incidents unfolding, unfortunately. And I feel bad for, for Jewish people in New York City. It's hard to believe that, you know, with such a large Jewish population that people there don't feel safe. I think that's terrible. Yeah, it is really frightening. Um, and to your point, uh, New York has the largest Jewish population in the world mm-hmm. outside of Israel. Right. So as you know, uh, it is an enormous population and so many schools. I can't tell you, uh, Mark, how many different schools here in this area where I hear from different people saying, oh, at this school, this happened. And this it, It's shocking. It, it, it's, is. It, is. it is. It's like I never imagined in New York City, which really is mm-hmm. a melting pot, as you know, you know, you go around, yes. you look at New York City, it's it's an incredible melting pot. And yet what a mess. And you would never think also in, you know, in Raleigh. But I think you said it. I think you hit it on the head because I think right now um, police are afraid to act. They don't want to like, you know, also, you know, rile up people. They're kind of just hoping, OK, well, maybe if they block traffic and then they go home and they get it out of their system. Um, but the problem is. If they don't crack down on some of this, it could also grow like weeds. And in many cases, it is actually growing like weeds. And that's an enormous, enormous concern. You know, there were a couple smaller protests at first in New York. And boy, the next thing you know, it was like, you know, blocks after blocks after blocks. So you're right. you got to keep an eye on it. And also, just most importantly, stay safe. But police do need to act And they can't feel like they're afraid they're going to get called into an internal affairs. And that is sad, sad, sad. Wow. Mark, thank you very much. We're going to continue your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Pushing for these pauses in the war in the Middle East. Is Biden buckling? Is he trying to play politics? Well, listen to former Defense Secretary Mark Esper, and he says this is not good for America and definitely not good for Israel. These have to be very narrow uh, geographic areas if you're going to do a pause. Number two, they have to be very limited in time. And number three, you have to have a clear benefit. You have to get something out of it. In this case, hostages. It can't be a pause just to continue talking about uh, releasing hostages, because, my goodness, we've been at this for three weeks now, and they've only released, what, four, five, six, seven folks? 
They're still yeah. holding 240 people, which in itself is a is a violation of of the laws of war. So I, I think uh, I, I think it requires more explanation. And I, I hope that the Biden administration position isn't weakening, but it feels like it is. Boy, are we in a mess because there's word tonight that a top Ukrainian general is saying the counter offensive there in Ukraine has hit a stalemate. And then we got Biden waffling and weaving and bobbing on Israel. This is a mess. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Susan, line five. Susan, this gets me so angry. How dare he? Absolutely. I feel the same. Um, uh, humanitarian pause is a horrible euf- euphemism for ceasefire. It's asking the Israelis to really engage in a kind of suicidal position at this point. It is They are gaining momentum. They are trying to make up for the horrific losses of October 7th, and uh, they are making inroads. To stop now would be simply dreadful. Um, I've been listening 24-7 to what's going on in Israel on the ground, and they are definitely in a position of greater strength, and the momentum cannot be lost. And I'm asking all of your listeners, the best thing they can do is to speak to their congressmen, legislators, and in no uncertain terms say no, no, no to a ceasefire. It is absolutely the wrong thing to do right now. And um, all it is, it's going to give a tremendous leg up to Hamas. Hamas will be able to renegotiate their tunnels and do all of the things that they do. And it's absolutely wrong. So even your listeners who are local, if they know people in other states, but we really, really, really have to make our voices known. Yep. By the way, I agree. You got to speak up. You got to speak out. Uh, And they are literally at the gates of hell. They're at the gates of Gaza City right now. And you're going to say, hey, just do a pause. This is ridiculous. And they have to win for humanity. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a beautiful story coming from Cape Coral, Florida, where a Cape Coral man is lucky to be alive after the car that he was working on fell crushing and trapping him underneath. Uh, His family identifies the man as his name is Francisco, and he's in his 70s. He was working on changing the transmission cable on his car this week when somehow the ramps holding up the car collapsed. The whole car fell on his body. In a matter of minutes, Cape Coral police officers arrived at their home. Two officers lifted the car while Carlos pulled his father-in-law to safety and saved Francisco along with the two officers. The two guys come here. They suddenly hurry up and lifted up the car. They said, we're just going to have to do it. And they all worked together and were able to do it. Uh, The son-in-law said he loves the car, Francisco. It's like the first car that he got that's brand new, but obviously a dangerous situation. Now, the two Cape Coral police officers did just arrive in the nick of time because at that moment, Francisco was barely breathing. He was also unconscious, so it was a very, very serious situation. Uh, He was actually then rushed to the hospital. Doctors say 
that he has seven cracked ribs as well as some other folk broken bones. But most importantly, uh, the fact that the officers got there just in the nick of time, the doctors say it is a miracle that he is alive. Well, bravo to the great work of these two officers, obviously the family to be able to call. And thank goodness Francisco is alive and healing at a hospital as we speak. And by the way, all of you guys, you know how much you call into the show. Well, when you call into the show, you listen to one of the greatest guys, Ken, who is leaving our show. He's leaving it for greener pastures or browner pastures or dirtier pastures, because how can anything be greener than working on the Rita Cosby show? But I just want to make sure that all of you who love Ken as much as we do, when you call into the show, Please wish him good luck. We love him. We appreciate him so much. He is the absolute best and has been just such a total pro and such a great guy to work with. And I know all of you love talking to him every night as much as we do working here on the Rita Cosby Show. So bravo to Ken. Where's where's our bravo music? I think we need some sort of like bravo music or celebration. How about celebration, right? We could play a little celebration because... We love Ken, and we will miss Ken. And I know so many of you call in Stan and Norm and BJ and Joe and all of you guys, Robert, all of you guys who call in, and Andrew. Make sure you compliment Ken and celebrate with him because he is moving on. He's getting a big promotion. I guess we have to let him go, but we love him. So here's for Ken. All right, everybody? We love you, Ken, and we will miss you. And I know all of you guys calling into the show love him as much as we do. So make sure when you call in, before you get on with me, make sure you wish Ken the best of luck because he is one of the greatest guys and most talented guys, and we're so, so proud of him. And we are talking, of course, about the situation in the Middle East and what a mess it is. And boy, is it ever. And now we have President Biden, who's our commander-in-chief, And his whole administration is talking about this pause, which is so concerning because already Israel has lost so many IDF fighters. Uh, They have lost close to 20. The latest number is somewhere between 16 to 20 that we're hearing. Uh, There may be more. Uh, But now the really difficult urban warfare begins. And boy, does it really begin. They are literally at the gates of Gaza City, which is one of the most deeply populated areas in the world in terms of concentration because it's a small area and there is such an enormous population there and many of them have stayed. A lot of them are being held as, quote, human shields, if you will, because Hamas doesn't want them to leave. They did open the gates today in Egypt and let some out. Some Americans got out. These are not the hostages. These are citizens who are living there, probably with dual passport there in the Palestinian territory, but yet there are still hundreds of Americans there that are citizens, and there are also still a lot of other people. But this is really, really a mess. And to hear this president talk about a pause 
at a time where the Israeli forces have been working with all their might and all their heart, and they have finally gotten to encircle Gaza City, which is, again, this very, very urban, you know, very populated area. And this is really the heart of Hamas, and that's why this is so important. They had to kind of get around it, and now they're about to really start the urban warfare at its most difficult and probably its most bloodiest. This is going to be really tough because the main hospital there, the Al-Sifa Hospital, guess what's underneath it? 300 miles, they believe, linear miles, and quite a bit deep, these tunnels that Hamas has been building for years upon years upon years. And they believe that the Hamas headquarters is below the hospital, and it's still an operating hospital. So this is where it's going to get very difficult. We're already seeing the propaganda war that Israel has to combat against. Many in the mainstream media and certainly uh, many of the uh, Hamas sympathizers, if you want to put it that way, because many of them are, uh, those protesters that are out there, they're already saying, oh, you know, uh, look what Israel's doing. They're hitting a refugee camp. And then Israel says, well, guess what? One of the senior Hamas leaders was in a tunnel right below it. And the people above it are well aware of what's going on. So it's a really difficult situation for Israel. They're clearly trying to avoid civilian casualties, but they also have to wipe out Hamas. And it's going to get a lot more difficult, a lot more tricky, a lot more dangerous, certainly. And the last thing we need is to hear an American president sound wobbly and waffly. He needs to be strong. He needs to be clear. And he needs to have moral clarity at a time like this. He is the commander-in-chief of the United States, and he is the leader of the free world. And he has to show unwavering support for Israel, not say, hey, maybe we do a little pause here, a little pause here. That only helps Hamas. And that is not a good sign also to those who wish to attack Israel and also America. They sense weakness And that is a disaster, not just for USA, but for the world. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Well, here is the former Israeli ambassador, Danny Danan. And this is what Danny had to say. He could not believe it when he heard the White House today talking about maybe there could be a whole bunch of different pauses And he knows what that means. It only gives Hamas the advantage. And why the heck would you want to do that? Take a listen. I don't get it. Why we are talking about a ceasefire or a pause? We had a ceasefire, madam, until October 7th. We had a ceasefire with Hamas. Then they decided to attack us uh, unprovokedly, to massacre our babies, to rape our girls, and to kidnap more than 240 innocent Israelis. So we shouldn't give them any prizes, no pauses, no ceasefires. If they want to surrender, if they want to release our hostages, they can do it. But if we pause now, basically we're going to give them time to regroup, to plan more ambushes to our forces, and to plan for the next attack. So I don't see any reason for that. And regarding the humanitarian aid, we allowed more than 100 trucks to enter Gaza every day. So we allowed humanitarian aid, so we don't need to have a pause for that. Israel allows 100 trucks every day into Gaza. And yet the Palestinians and, of course, Hamas, because not all of them support Hamas, they're saying, well, no, no, we haven't gotten anything. They're getting 100 trucks a day of humanitarian. 
Uh, can you imagine if Hamas, you know, was suddenly starting to pound Israel and encircle Israel and then say, no, we're going to send 100 trucks a day. Are you mad, kidding me? They would never even consider it. And anybody who is fighting this war would say they have to go in and slaughter Hamas. They got to wipe them out. And it's amazing they're even sending the 100 trucks because there's a lot of security risks with all of that. But they're doing it. And yet that's not enough for the Biden administration. Here's a little bit more from Danny Denon because he said we need, listen to what he says, we need our allies to stand with us. In other words, U.S., don't buckle now. We, we are fighting evil. It's going to be long and complicated and costly war. We know that and we are prepared for that. And we expect our allies to stand with us and to understand that we cannot win the fight against evil if we're going to pause every few days, if we're going to give them fuel, if we're going to actually give them the time and the energy to continue to fight against us. We want to eliminate Hamas as soon as possible and to bring the hostages back home. We have 30 babies today uh, in the hands of Hamas. So, so in order to do it fast, we have to continue with the war. We have to continue with the war. And who would say when you're surrounding, can you imagine? Again, like you're surrounding the adversary and say, well, you know what? Uh, don't worry about it. Just back off and let uh, bin Laden kind of hang out for a few days. Are you kidding me? That is just any general and anybody who's been involved in a fight, a war, would say, forget it. And Israel's saying to America, forget it. But who knows what kind of pressure this president puts. Will it be like, remember in Ukraine when he wanted to get rid of the prosecutor? Yeah, I withheld a billion dollars and son of a bee. You know what? Wow. They suddenly fired that prosecutor that I wanted. Could they do that? Could they say, hey, you know what? You know, we're supposed to be sending you that aid. But it may not be coming right on time if you don't somehow have a little pause. Because Biden is trying to, I think, play politics here at home. And politics and fighting a war don't always go hand in hand. And this president should know better. Here is Nikki Haley, uh, because she said this president is way out of his league. Take a listen. I think this is incredibly personal and should be personal for America. I mean, we've got, you know, you had 33 Americans lives lost. You lives lost. You've got almost 20 hostages there. You've got other people that we're trying to get out of Gaza. Look, it's precision um, that we're trying to do. I know Israel well enough. I dealt with them for two years every day, and they want to save every single life. They want to bring every hostage home. And so America should be working with them on how to do that. But you don't do that with a pause. You do that by understanding what is the threat to the hostages and what is the threat to America. The threat to all of them is Iran. Iran is waving, you know, their flag telling Hamas what to do. They told Hamas to go and kill 1,400 Jewish people. They're the ones telling Hamas what to do. We have to make sure Iran knows there will be hell to pay if they hurt any of our people. Unfortunately, this president doesn't know the sense of force in the words and in the actions. And yet tomorrow, we are hearing in a matter of hours, because of course, they are many hours ahead. We're going to hear, get this, from the leader of Hezbollah tomorrow. He says he's making his first public statements since October 7th. This is one of the worst of the worst terrorists in the world. And he's going to be doing uh, a statement, an official statement tomorrow, his thoughts on October 7th. 
That will be interesting to hear. Hassan Nasrallah, one of the worst of the worst, will be speaking tomorrow. Let's see where he does it from. Let's see what he says. And let's see if he has the same disgusting vitriol that the leader of Hamas, the political leader who said the goal is to annihilate Israel and we're going to do more October 7th attacks. And then our president is saying, "Uh, Israel, could you do a pause? Does that make any sense? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Isaac, line four. Isaac, your thoughts. How are you? Good. What do you think? This is troubling. This is this is just crazy. I think uh, Biden. Uh, ultimately, Isaac, you're fading in and out. You're fading in and out. I I think that Biden ultimately believes that Israel does not have a right to protect itself. It's just he's just saying it. But ultimately, you don't believe uh, giving them a full right because if you believe they're a sovereign nation with a right to protect itself, you don't say in the middle of a war just pack up. And I think more than that, they're not realizing that this is not a war against Hamas and everybody else is just innocent bystanders. They are pro this terrorist attack. They're anti-Israel and want to take the Jews' life. They're not just bystanders. By the way, Isaac, Isaac, I agree with you that this is, this is, you know, they, they shout death to Israel and then they shout death to America. I mean, they're pretty transparent what they're thinking and what their plans are. And you're right. That's why I say to you, this is a really scary time. I just feel like it's such an uncertain time. We have a leader who I feel is rudderless. We, I have a leader who is bowing to political whims. He seems more interested in trying to make sure he doesn't lose, like, the Palestinian vote than standing, you know, in defense of Israel. He'll say, oh, yeah, I want to protect Israel. But then he says, well, let's do a pause. Oh, I want to do this, but then... We're telling him to kind of go slow or, or we want to do this. But then we they tell Israel to make sure that they play by the rules of war. Are you kidding me? Why don't you have that kind of a lecture with Hamas? Uh, to me, it's so offensive. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. In the next hour, we will continue to talk about this major threat that is happening in Israel. And again, now we're also hearing that what's happening from the north, we're seeing Hezbollah coming in. We're seeing the Houthis, of course, in Yemen firing towards Israel and U.S. Navy ships and others intercepting it. And now there's word that the Wagner Group, which is this group of crazy mercenaries in Russia, uh, that they are planning to arm Hezbollah. So let's put the worst of the worst with some of the other worst of the worst, the worst of the worst in the Middle East, and let's put them with the worst of the worst in Europe. And boy, this is really frightening. The Wagner Group's responsible for all those atrocities that happened, remember, in Bucha, and just the, some of the worst things we've seen out of the Ukraine war, and you're going to pair them with Hezbollah. Uh, That is really frightening. And again, all of these sort of bad actors joining forces against Israel and sensing weakness in America. 
Uh, really, really concerning. We're also going to talk about that migrant caravan, which is heading towards our southern border. It's almost double in size, and it's still going, coming to our southern border. And what do you think? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do a bet. I bet every single one of them comes in to our border with open arms and free hotel rooms. Just come to New York City or wherever you want. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. How concerned are you where everything is headed now in Israel? It is actually getting really scary. And this president seems to be buckling tooth and nail. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, line four, your thoughts. This is really, um, you know, this, you know, at first we saw him like tripping down the stairs and all this stuff. You go, oh, he's this bumbly old man, right? Now you go, this is downright dangerous because he's like fumbling uh, on the world stage when you're dealing with terrorists. This is not a time for weakness. Yeah, Rita, what Israel needs right now is not a cause, but a much bigger posse. That's what they need. Well, CNN interviewed an Israeli commander, I think sometime ago, and asked him if he could find it in his heart to forgive Hamas quote-unquote, the terrorist. His reply was, my job is not to forgive. That's God's job if he wants to forgive them. My job is to just arrange the meeting. Ah, I love that. That's a great line. (laughs) That is a great line. I mean, you know, I mean, what would you say if somebody asked you that, Dom, if you were in that position? That's a great answer. Exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. You know, Biden wants to be a war president, but Instead, he's going to turn out to be a raw president. That's war spelled backwards. Yeah. And and you know what? You know, the thing is, that's so sad, Dom. It's just it's really troubling to hear. Yeah, he said, oh, yeah, we support Israel. But then every time he's asked about anti-Semitism, he starts talking about Islamophobia. Like somebody is sitting there saying to him, oh, no, now don't criticize your crazy Hamas loving Democrats, the Democratic Socialists, the extreme ones. Uh, don't, you know, don't do anything that would offend, uh, you know, the Palestinian vote uh, or anybody who might support Hamas. Don't you think? I mean, his, his, he is not acting like a commander in chief. He's like, acting like a wimp. So, Rita, this is an honest question from me to you. I'm really concerned. How dense can these people be in, in the light of all of these atrocities that Israel just went through? And people are talking about Islamophobia. I don't see anybody, you know, going against Muslims, you know, but there are so many people on campuses that Jews are afraid to go to school. No, you're right. It is so out of whack. And if you look at the numbers, uh, attacks on Jews, anti-Semitic, up 400 percent. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This hour, we will talk about this massive 
caravan of illegal migrants that is headed now towards our southern border. In the last few days, it has nearly doubled in size from where it started, uh, including, by the way, a lot of Chinese, which is kind of scary. What are all these Chinese coming across our border? They started, by the way, this big group of just a few thousand. Now it's seven or eight thousand of them. Wow. Uh, and they're all expecting to come on into America because they see the big old neon sign. Uh, here is the leader of the caravan saying that the president of Mexico, well, he doesn't care. So they're going to come. This is 7A. Um, and he's going to come to America because there's more opportunities there. There's more different things to do there. Also, he made a whole bunch of other comments, too, as well, where he said, essentially, guess what? This president is clueless. He has no idea what's going on. And the border was much stricter. At least President Trump had a better sense on how to use the border. That, to me, is just incredible, again, from the leader of the caravan. What I think is hysterical is that it has become so organized that they actually have a leader. They have a group. They have a spokesperson. Uh, You know, it's like, what, do they have business cards that they're passing out as they're going left and right? But it just shows what a mess things are in. And today, uh, the mayor of Chicago, the mayor of Denver, a few other mayors of Washington, others, went down to Washington to talk to Joe Biden. They said, oh, we're going to go down and we're going to talk tough about the border. And sure enough, they're talking about getting more money so they can hurry up and get more jobs for the migrants. They can get more housing and they can get more opportunities. Does that sound like they're trying to fix the border at a time where that border's wide open and we're dealing with Israel? We're dealing with everything else that's going on? The world is on fire and we haven't even closed our southern border. And yet we have mayors who are saying we need more money so we can have more of them here. That's just what we need right now to have more of them here. What a mess. And especially as we're talking about what's going on in the Middle East, which is downright dangerous. By the way, just a few hours ago, the House of Representatives passed the aid bill for Israel. Uh, $14.3 billion was the amount uh, that they are hoping to get through on sort of a standalone bill. Now, they say it should not be lumped in with border Money, because President Biden just wants more processors. (laughs) Sound familiar? And they also say that in addition to that, it shouldn't be lumped in with the Ukraine fund, that everything should really be a standalone, that the bill and the funds for Israel, they believe, should come first and foremost. And we can talk about Ukraine later, they said. We can talk about a border if you really sincerely do want to protect the border, just not add more processors to have more come in and give them more incentives but if you want to do it, each one stand alone, it's, it's an interesting point. And I actually agree that each thing should stand alone and be able to be debated on its own merits. I don't think sort of putting things together, they are different. Um, even though, you, you know, I certainly agree freedom in the world and making sure uh, that Russia is kicked out of Ukraine and that Hamas never attacks Israel again. I think all of those things are important. But I do think they could be done separately. And so let's see. But it looks like it will probably get shot down. And the White House has already said that if it comes as a standalone, he will shoot it down as well.
And listen to the messages that are coming out. We've been talking about propaganda, too. This is really stunning. Salon Magazine, Salon.com, just had a headline. I couldn't believe this. MAGA and Christian nationalism, bigger threat to America than Hamas could ever be? I, I actually thought I was misreading something when I read this. MAGA and Christian nationalism, bigger threat to America than Hamas ever could be. This, to me, just shows such a naive, unbelievable comment that, what, uh, MAGA's a bigger threat. Donald Trump's a bigger threat, I'm sure, to America than uh, Hamas terrorists and Hezbollah and the Houthis and Iran. How clueless could you be? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here is that migrant caravan leader talking about saying the president of Mexico doesn't care about us, so we're just going to come to the U.S. and get freebies. Do you think Petro is really care about the United States when, when this, this makes in one day 7,000 people paying 500, 300, 800? Of course he makes more money with the, with the cartels, the cartel de Sinaloa, than, than all the, the, the power the United States might give him. He doesn't care about, he, he doesn't care what the United States think. He's, he's conspiring with the United States, uh, Mexico to make sure the, the United States gave him 60,000 millions once. I don't know how, much, how many millions Obrador was trying to charge the United States, but definitely it's not humane what they're doing because they're charging that blood, that, that suffering of the migrants. They're trying to sell it to the United States. They're trying to sell it to the United States, and that's the guy who's bringing them across the border. In other words, it's a sham. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Joe, line three. Joe, your thoughts. Freedom, my love. The bottom line is this, after all those said and done. I'm going to hit you rapid fire, my love, so I hope you're sitting down with the safety belt on. <laughs> I am, AOC, Joe. Go ahead. <laughs> AOC is a, a disgrace. She killed all the 12,000 jobs up in Whitestone. She called for a boycotting of Goya, which keeps Jersey City and Secaucus in business. And who would she hurt? American Hispanic workers. She is anti-Christian. She's an anti-Semitic. She goes on junkets with her with her bedmate. She's a disgrace. And as for Talif, she should be expelled from Congress and deported. As for Omar, who was married to her own brother, the Putana, ew, her own brother, she should be expelled from Congress and deported. And Mallorca was born in Cuba. Get him out and kick him back to Cuba. I am not anti-immigrant. I'm anti-disgrace coming into this country and urinating on it. And let me tell you, I finally was able to get a voucher for a brother American veteran who was in the same rig for 13 months. I had to go to Patterson, New Jersey, in my wheelchair with the dog pulling me. And while I was there, I saluted Lou Costello at the Lou Costello statue, Christopher Columbus, and Federici, he and Abbott, Abbott Costello, went all over the country, sold war bonds for the country, and then the way out, I saluted the Pulaski Skyway and the Kosciuszko Bridge in honor of your father. And the bottom line is, we have to stand up to evil. I was on the bus today, and a woman was cursing the Jews, and I said, 
you can't be a Christian and hate Jews. And why are you taking the bus when you could fly around on your broomstick? And everybody in the bus laughed at her and she got off the bus. Stand up for decency for America, Israel, Italy. Pray to Christ Jesus that we get the hostages back. By the way, Joe, uh, Joe, I listen, I hear you. And I'm glad that you stood up. Obviously, you want to be careful uh, because you don't want things to get out of hand. But that's really powerful. I do believe that good people need to stand together and bandy together. It, it is absolutely abominable. Some of this like anti-Semitism that I have seen all over the place and especially on college campuses, it, it shocks me to my core. Um, and second of all, uh, you also mentioned uh, the vouchers for the veteran. Bravo to you. How beautiful. You are such a patriot. And I love that about you, Joe. And thank you for also remembering my father uh, when you saw the Pulaski Skyway and the Kosciuszko Bridge. Thank you very, very much. Um, because, you know, I think about my father, you know, anybody who's sitting there saying, oh, you know, October 7th didn't happen or the Holocaust didn't happen. Uh, that's it's repugnant. My father grew up right outside the Warsaw Ghetto. He saw what was happening to the Jews in the ghetto. He was trying to help those inside. I mean, and then my father had his own fight, of course, with the Warsaw Uprising, too, as well. But he saw what was happening and was trying to stand up and lost many of the people in his unit who all were trying to stand up to do the right thing. They saw evil right in front of them and said they must stay and fight. And you're right. People need to bandy together and get these people who, A, are here illegally and don't like America. I'm saying the ones that are blatantly don't like America. There are a number of people running for president right now on the GOP side who said they they should just have their visas revoked. They should be deported. I agree. I think if they're out there in some of these protests, especially the ones that are so blatantly, disgustingly anti-America, and they're here at the pleasure of America on a visa, I think you get out if you don't appreciate this country. Um, and But then you look at it. There's people even in some of these departments. There's in the State Department. There's people in the White House. Uh, there's people in Department of Homeland Security. I mean, it, it is just, it's really, really shocking how pervasive it is. But the good news is, Joe, uh, a lot of them are out there for the whole world to see. And people can make their choice as to whether, hey, this is the kind of person I want to be friends with, or, hey, this is somebody who I'd want to hire on a job. There's a whole bunch of hedge fund guys like Bill Ackman and some others who are saying, oh, um, let's put the names out there of these students, because guess what? Then I don't want to hire that person again. So I think it's a powerful statement, and I do think it is a time. It's not a time for waffling. I really do believe it's a time of good versus evil And that's why we have to hear it from the top. We have to hear it from the president, too, as well. He's got to start buckling up and act like a commander in chief because this is tough times. Joe, thank you. We love you. Thank you so much. Let's go to Stan, line four. Uh, And Stan, by the way, before uh, we start talking, did you wish Kenny uh, his best? I said to him, I said, God bless. I said, I wish him the best. He's going. I heard where he's going. Can I mention where he's going? No, it's a bad word. Any any <laughs> any word any well, word, uh, any right. word other than the Rita Cosby <laughs> show is a swear. He 
he's becoming a producer. We can say that. Yes, and congratulations, he is. Congratulations, Tim. He he's deserves one it. of the most. De- for anybody that I call, he's one of the most decent person at this network beside you. So he is, he is one he of is. the nicest guys. And uh, I'm never going to call the guy again. So by the, way, by the way, he is going to miss you. I want you to know he was in tears. He's like, well, I hope I can talk to Stan again. Well, I uh, to, I'll call I, CBS to annoy I him. I had to comfort him. I had yeah, to. He'll, be, he'll do okay. To, he'll do okay. I had Let's, to comfort him. I said, don't worry. You will talk to Stan again. Let's, don't let's worry. get to it. I got to talk quickly. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I hope so. He'll do good. He'll do very he well. We're I wish so him fr- the best. He loves you. <laughs> He'll do very well. He'll be okay. Uh, you want to talk about bad and evil and good? Let's talk about the Republican speaker who now has to come up with some kind of situation because the Democratic Senate ain't going to take those bills at all. Separating Israel and the Ukraine. You know what the deal is. It's terrible. They want to do separate bills. Senator Why Schumer not does do separate not. bills? Stan, they used to do separate bills all the time. They the, want to get it in as quickly as possible. What's wrong? Does it make a difference? Do the whole thing at once. Do it a, one, two, three. Israel, but the Republicans are backing out of Ukraine. What a disgusting situation. No guts. All of a sudden, Ukraine is the worst. Israel, look, I, I'm Jewish. I believe Israel should get all the money. But we need Ukraine to get money. That's the second front. If we lose Ukraine... We are in trouble in Europe. I know. Because- By the way, Stan, did you hear this, too, uh, that this top Ukrainian general is saying the counteroffensive has hit a stalemate? I can That's believe it. That's really bad it. news. So, wow. hey, the Republicans have to get off their ass and go along and negotiate with Senator Schumer and get both of them put in the bill. It'll be good for both of them. Both Look, we are not necessarily in each one fighting. Maybe a little may happen in Israel. But... We need to support Ukraine and the president of Ukraine. And to not do that is, you know, what the hell's going on with this guy? And, of course, we do know he voted against not uh, that there was nothing wrong in the uh, nine, uh, January 6th. This guy, can't, he's a Trump alkalite. And so we're going to have problems. Well, with hey, anyway. wait, wait, wait. The well, speaker, two things. Again, yeah, no, I knew who you're talking about. All right. Yeah. So let for, first of all, Stan, sure. they used to always pass standalone bills. It's only when they want to lump in other stuff. And I and, you know, what's I, wrong I, with it? What's wait, wrong with on, both of them? Hang on. I what's also included in there is more money for processing at the border. He listed as border. It's for isn't processing that, isn't that them. What you want? Isn't no, that what you want? I don't want them to be processed quicker so they well, can come into the United States security, quicker. New guards, right? Uh, new guards and everything. Very few, Stan. 90% of the money is mostly for processing so they can get them in quicker. That's what this is all about. Well, the oh, other let's hurry. Is, so if it was really, well, uh, Stan, be, Stan if it was really genuine, he would say, Let's have Israel right away. Let's hurry up and do Ukraine. I hear what you're saying. And then then let's debate the border thing. Don't sit there and say, well, I need to process a whole bunch more. That showed that shows to me that he is just trying to ram it through. And that is completely disingenuous. So, you know, I mean, they, they used to separate it because if it stands on its own merit, it should pass on its own merit. And and I, I agree with you. We need to support Ukraine. But boy. Has this president messed up that one, too? It's drip, drip, drip. Uh, but, Stan, I love you, love you, love you. We'll talk soon. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So can you believe the 
media actually does a headline saying that Megan Christian nationalism is a bigger threat to America than Hamas could ever be. How whacked out are these people? Are they so out of touch? What kind of bubble do they live in? Oh, yeah, uh, MAGA is a huge threat, but Hamas, we love them. I I mean, these people need to see a psychiatrist. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sandra. Line three. Sandra, this is concerning. I know. Good evening. I want. I wish Ken very well in his future. He sounds like he has a good thing going for him, but he will be missed. He will but be. I, I was th- yes. <laughs> I was thinking about Biden, and I'm saying to myself, he's caving in to to the uh, to the uh, group, you know, Talib and Omar and them. But here's what I want to say. First of all, with Israel, you have to strike while the iron's hot. As time goes on and they wait, people have fuzzy memories. They start to forget all the atrocities that happened. And Biden, in my mind, should be minding his own business and let Israel do what they have to do to win this war against the um, the terrorists. And also, there was, um, you know, Republican, not Republican, Representative Rashida Tlaib dodged the House censure vote over her anti-Semitic activities. And, you know, she turns it around and, and, and puts it to um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yes, and by the way, they're all calling like Marjorie Taylor Greene. They're saying anybody who's criticizing them that they're racist. I mean, that is just ridiculous. I can't believe she dodged that vote, by the way, Sandra. I'm glad you brought that up. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story from Richmond, Kentucky, as Veterans Day comes to be, the television program American Valor is also set to honor retired Marine Sergeant Johnny M. Johnson in a salute to our heroes who was part of the Battle of the Chosen Reservoir. Now, this is really powerful. Veteran Johnson is one of the surviving members of what is called the Frozen Chosen. Johnson's story with the Marines begins in 1950 when he was deployed to fight in the Korean War. Veteran Johnson was one of 8,000 First Division Marines and one of 30,000 American and U.N. forces at that battle, outnumbered by tens of thousands more Chinese soldiers, numbering over 100,000. The Marines, U.N. forces, along with other U.S. Army infantry regiments, entrenched themselves in battle. Throughout the battle, Johnson said that the U.S. Naval and Air Force pilots would come over the battlefield and shoot 50 calibers, rockets, and drop napalm bombs, which Johnson's platoon helped create throughout the war. How beautiful to see this very heroic veteran honored just recently for his incredible service and also that he will be part of an Emmy-winning TV program where they will feature what he went through and also so many of what his comrades went through. It is just an incredible, credible story and how beautiful that the American Valor Program, a salute to our heroes, is going to be honoring him. And by the way, I also want to remind everybody, too, 
If you are in the Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater area, I will be emceeing an amazing event over the weekend in Clearwater Beach. It's at the OCC Roadhouse. That's the Orange County Choppers Roadhouse. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be with Nate Boyer, NFL star and also former Green Beret, uh, Dave Bray, who we had on the show earlier in the week, and so many others, great patriots. And, of course, Paul Tuttle, uh, the senior, the guy who is the head of the Orange County Choppers and American Choppers. Make sure you come on out. You can check it out at OCCRoadhouse.com, and the proceeds go to several great uh, veterans and military charities, uh, helping them heal uh, the wounds of war. So for me, it's a really, really great honor. Hope to see some of you out there at the OCC Roadhouse. It's on Saturday night, uh, and I hope we get a chance to see you there in person. If you are listening, make sure you come on out, Tampa, St. Pete, uh, Clearwater area, in Clearwater, the OCC Roadhouse this Saturday, and you can find out about it on OCCRoadhouse.com. Make sure that you check it out. Well, we are talking about what's been going on in the United States and this battle over fighting, I think, just pure hate. We're seeing these colleges where there have been repeated students. We've seen bridges blocked. We've seen the Grand Central Station shut down because of these protesters. And it doesn't look like there's any end in sight. And in fact, today... Kamala Harris was talking and people were asking her, well, what are your plans? Because yesterday she announced that she is putting together this commission on hate to combat hate crimes. And everybody thought, "Okay, great. She's finally going to get a handle on these attacks, especially leading the sphere, our anti-Semitic attacks. And yet listen to what she had to say. And for the United States, that we will continue to honor the importance of, of the Palestinian people and their right to self-determination and dignity. So she's talking about the Palestinian people again. And yes, of course, we want to protect the Palestinian people. There should not be any attacks on Muslims or Palestinians. Uh, certainly have at it with Hamas and Hezbollah and those guys. Uh, but there shouldn't be any hate towards uh, the good civilians. But yet... They seem to be talking constantly about protecting the Muslims and protecting the Palestinians. And it's like those who have been really hit with attacks, anti-Semitic attacks. In fact, I brought up an increase of 400 percent against Jews. I mean, that's a stunning amount just in the last year. They get put on the back burner. I mean, they're literally put in the back seat. It's like they barely talk about the anti-Semitic attacks. And so they have now created a forum, basically a, you know, a constituency, a committee to investigate Islamophobia, not to investigate anti-Semitic attacks, to investigate Islamophobia. Boy, is this White House completely tone deaf that that's all they talked about. Forget about the attacks on Jews. Uh, This president is so out of it and he is so worried about Losing any votes, it seems. Maybe it's, I think it's all political because it surely can't be practical. And yet they are clearly playing politics, and that is so, so dangerous. Take a listen. Here's John Kirby when he's asked about it. And even reporters today at the White House were going, This just doesn't make sense. This is cut number three. And this is where John Kirby responded. Take a listen. 
Islamophobia. Uh, some of the Muslim leaders that I spoke with said that while they appreciate the effort to combat Islamophobia, they thought the timing of the announcement was interesting because this is something that the administration has been working on for months, and some of them feel that this is a political bone thrown at them and does not address their bigger concern, which is U.S. policy to support Israel, uh, where they are frustrated that their perspectives are not being heard. Your message to them. This is a very genuine effort on behalf of the president and the vice president and the entire administration to, to plan a marker um, about how hate has no business here in the United States, particularly uh, hate that can lead to real threats of violence uh, against the Muslim community, community, the Arab community, Palestinian community. Um, we take that seriously. Uh, this, uh, the, the thinking that went into leading up to this strategy is uh, longstanding um, and predates the events of October 7th. This to me, I think, is so disgusting. Israel right now is fighting for its survival because they got slaughtered in the most horrific, monstrous way. And there is an increase, as I mentioned, close to 400% in anti-Semitic attacks. And they're only talking about Islamophobia, protecting the Muslims. What is wrong with this White House? And, of course, Kamala Harris now put on another blue ribbon panel just what we need because she did such a great job with the border. And today... Speaking of border, several Democratic mayors, Mayor Adams wasn't able to go for a variety of reasons, but Denver Mayor Mike Johnson did go, and they went to the White House and said, okay, well, they're going to go to make the case about the border. And I thought, oh, good, maybe they're all going to clamp down and say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Uh, close the border. We can't take it anymore. Maybe they had some epiphany I was praying for. But no, the Denver mayor, Mike Johnson, had this to say. We think the current situation is unsustainable, but also we think that there is a common sense path to get to a workable solution. There's a common sense path. Yeah, it's close the border. But no, that's not what they want to do. They want to get more money so they can process people quicker. Here is the mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, who's to the left of the left of left of Lori Lightfoot. And here he is on News Nation. Following these meetings today, do you feel like there's a sense of urgency here in Washington to do something about this? Well, you know, it's certainly an urgency in our part. That's why we're here. Um, the fact that, you know, we had the chief of staff of the president as well as a senior advisor meeting with senators. Um, clearly, we, we see that there is an incredible um, um, impetus um, to, to actually find, you know, sensible solutions, of course, to deal with immigration policy. Uh, my senator, um, senior senator, Senator Durbin, um, has been very vocal about making sure that we actually put forth sensible immigration policy in place so that there's a real streamline and a pathway that's coordinated. Um, but, you know, again, this is a step in the right direction. Um, we appreciate the work that President Biden has done thus far and, and what um, senators and representatives on both sides of the aisle um, have articulated. Look, easing um, the, the sanctions on Venezuela certainly has provided um, some, some, some benefit. Uh, but we do know that there has to be a very comprehensive approach to not just make sure that we have investments for our respective cities um, to continue to address the needs of everyone, but we also have to make sure that there's sensible, reasonable um, policies put in place um, to address the crisis. So 
In other words, we just need more money so we can have more housing and be able to feed them and give them more freebies. At a time where the FBI director says that the threats are at the highest levels ever? Are you kidding me? Since the inception of ISIS and these people who say they're busting at the seams, their solution is getting more money to bring in more illegal migrants that haven't been vetted? This, to me, is a formula for disaster, and that's why this is so dangerous. I thought maybe they're going to come and maybe say, Mr. President, please close the border. And especially having some of these very liberal mayors saying it, like Brandon Johnson, that would certainly add impetus to put pressure on the White House. But he hasn't even done that. He's just asking for more money, saying we're busting at the seams, so we need more money to build more, to bring more illegals in, and basically put more neighborhoods in jeopardy. How is that a productive and how is that the smartest thing at a time like this when we are so worried about the attacks coming potentially from bad actors through our southern border? It is only a matter of time, I sadly think, that something may happen because of that wide open southern border. And they're going to have come through. Oh, yeah, we came through uh, two months ago and nobody stopped us. So they told us to come back for a court date in eight years. No problem. This is really scary. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joaquin, line four. Joaquin, your thoughts. Rita. Hey, Rita. You know, I got a bunch of things to say, but I want to thank Dan for his service. But I have a little parody uh, that I would like to sing for him. It's very short. Sure. And by the way, I, I thank Stan, too, for his service. There's something lovable about Stan, but go ahead. Okay. It's a bittersweet fantasy, Stanley. Open your eyes to reality. Today's Democrats are anti-Semitic, communist, fascists, out to destroy the USA. (laughs) (laughs) Joaquin, Joaquin, stick with whatever your day job is, okay? (laughs) You know, know, everything that's going on, it it is deliberate. You really have to look at it. And, And I do want to say something to what Stan said last night about Donald Trump in Afghanistan. Trump was not going to give up Bagram. If anybody looks at a map of Afghanistan, where Bagram was located, it was really very important to our national security because it borders China, Russia, uh, Pakistan, and I forgot what else is all in the proximity there. Yes, all in that that area. And you're right. He would not have given up Bagram. And I've been to Bagram, by the way, Joaquin. So I can tell you, I know exactly where Bagram is. I landed in Bagram uh, a number of years ago and covered the war there. And it is very strategic and very important. And that's why, you know, to me, and and Trump didn't say, hey, leave everybody high and dry and leave our allies behind, leave Americans behind and leave them uh, chasing after the plane and leave the security to Taliban. I mean, that that this is like insane. And for a while they were trusting. They actually said earlier this week, I was at one of the White House briefings walking where they said, Hamas is is checking the gates or they're watching the gates as if like Hamas is like the new Taliban guarding the gates. And boy, we can trust them. You know, I mean, you know, this is it's like it's like, are they stupid or what? Yes, they are. And, and, you know, here's the whole thing. A lot of people really have to understand. And and in Palestine or in, in Gaza, the Palestinians, for the most part, I would say the majority of them probably hate the Jews anyway, because they've been they've been taught to do that. And then the next thing that's real high on the terrorist watch list is white nationalist MAGA Christians. 
And the funny thing is, what does MAGA stand for? Make America Great Again? People have to realize that the Democrats now, they've become globalist, Marxist, fascist, and they're willing to give up our sovereignty. And the destruction of the country is what they're doing. And by letting all these immigrants, they don't want immigration reform. Their comprehensive immigration reform is just basically an open door. That's what their idea is. These people didn't go there to ask the president to close the border. That's far from their uh, thinking. Yeah, exactly. That's what they wanted to, like, streamline it so more of them could come in the country. That's just what we need. I mean, that, that is it is so ridiculous and so obscene. And their solution to a crisis is let's thank you. Can I have another? Thank you. Can we have another? Thank you. Uh, let's drain taxpayers money at a time like this right now where they're thinking of cutting the counterterrorism department. Seventy five percent at the NYPD with some of the biggest threats in American history. Boy, these people, uh, it, it almost seems like they're like trying to really destroy America. I never thought that before. There are people who would say that. And I thought, you know, but but they can't be that. I say, are they stupid? Meaning it facetiously, Joaquin, because you can't be that dumb. At some point, you got to go, well, open border. Uh, let's kind of wobble on fighting the terrorists. Let's not strike back when they hit us at our bases. Let's kind of say we support Israel, but then also only talk about Islamophobia. Let's not condemn the protests. Let's not condemn Rashida Tlaib. This is really scary. This is, I just think, uh, catastrophic for this country. And I really worry so much where we headed. I mean, it, it is a disaster. And so many, there are so many fires uh, that we need the biggest fire department in the world to put it out. Joaquin, thank you. And thank you for the singing, the serenade. It was fun. <laughs> thank you. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And I can't wait to hear what the head of Hezbollah one of the biggest terrorist groups in the world and most weaponized and most well-financed, sadly, in the world, uh, what they will be saying tomorrow. The head of the group says he's doing his first statement since the October 7th assaults, the brutal attacks, the terrorist attacks on Israel. And, of course, Hamas was the group that was tied to that, but Hezbollah and Hamas work together. You see Hezbollah hitting Israel from the north. Also, what's going to happen with Israel? Tomorrow could be an enormous day because the Israeli forces are encircling the main city, Gaza City, right now. They are said to have completed in the last few hours their uh, surrounding of that city. And the question is, will they now start going street to street, go in and try to weed out all of the terrorists go into the tunnels that are underground. Uh, that is going to be, again, extremely dangerous. Also, we know and we believe that the hostages are still there. That's uh, what they are expecting. At least some of them will be there. We'll have to find out. Uh, the Palestinians are saying, the Hamas is saying, they're coming out and saying that at least seven or nine hostages may have been killed during some of the bombardment of a refugee camp. By the Israelis, there's no way to independently verify that. Uh, who knows uh, what they're saying for propaganda to try to say, oh, please stop, please stop. 
Uh, but let's see also what could be awaiting the Israeli troops because Hamas has had plenty of time uh, to set up booby traps and mines and everything else. Uh, so this is going to be very, very tough stuff. And we're going to be talking certainly about that tomorrow as we see what is happening. Also, uh, tomorrow night, I'll be talking with some big experts, too. I'll be talking with Alareza Jafarzada, who is one of the top Iranian experts out there as to the role of Iran behind all of this. And also Shaharazani, who is a former spokesman for the Israeli consulate, to get his take on what Israel should do and the propaganda war that they are fighting in U.S. colleges, which is just a stunning, horrific moment. And the ACLU, just a little bit ago, coming out saying, you know what, Um, we shouldn't condemn those college kids. They're just kids. Uh, I'm sorry. You know what? Uh, some of them look like uh, they're like uh, in their 70s or 80s, <laughs> you know, and the youngest ones are like, you know, old enough to drive, old enough to drink. You know what? Guess what? Be quiet. Sit down and don't listen to these crazy teachers that are telling you uh, to go out there and protest against Israel and have some silly pro Hamas sign. Uh, what kind of planet are these people on? And we just all need to stick together and stand up. Let's go to Frank in Staten Island, line two. Frank? How are you doing, uh, um, Reed? I'll try to make it quick. So here I am in Staten Island where I live. We we do have a Jewish neighborhood and stuff. And uh, in, in, in front of the private home, I saw this yesterday for the first time, is a giant, beautiful display of the photos of the hostages. And it says, pray for them, pray for them. It's a big display. It's and it's made of a certain t- t- type of uh, like a rubbery material, whatever, all the photos of them. it w- and, and today I saw it again for the second time. It had magic marker scribble on it. Oh, my God. I am so angry to hear that, Frank. I can't believe these people who are scratching out hostage posters and pictures. Everybody call tomorrow night. We'll talk about this. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.